0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2Bros Podcast. We are 2Bros. This is the 2Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Carrying on with our series of life at sea. This is week number 3. I can't believe it's already been 3 weeks. Man, time is flying. You know, it, it usually does when you're at sea because uh, there's so much to do. Uh, days just kind of blur into each other. Especially on, if you're on a busy coastal like we were. Uh, we had about 6 ports in the span of 10 days, 12 days, give or take... So we hit uh, Rotterdam, Bremerhaven twice, we hit Oris, Gothenburg, and Willem Sevin. and now we're on our way down towards uh, Algeciras in Spain. Uh, at the moment, if I am correct, we have just come out of the English Channel, we're heading down south towards some, uh, an area called the Bay of Biscay. Now this is notorious for terrible weather, it's just how the, the Atlantic, uh, messes up in the winter, or not even in the winter. It's basically the entire time in this Bay of Biscay area, but it's particularly in the winters, things pick up. And uh, yeah, a lot of ask any sailor about Bay of Bay, uh, the Bay of Biscay, and they'll tell you uh, stories about basically rough weather, and it really, really gets uh, rough. And I was I was uh, surprised because we left when we left Germany, we hit a bit of uh, bad weather, and I was. I had a feeling that a ship this big would probably handle uh, you know, the the, the ocean waves uh, rather well, the swell pretty well, but we were tossed around a bit, to be honest, and uh, a ship weighing 200,000 tons just getting tossed around gives you a bit of uh, perspective on how just how powerful Mother Nature really is. But, uh, yeah, now coming back to the point here, it feels like now is the time where the real... Uh, Sailing, or the real time begins, if because we were in so many ports, it was just uh, stuff was shut down, maintenance was going on. We were following our planned maintenance schedule, and uh, yeah, one thing after the other. It didn't really feel like sailing as such, but the minute we left the last port, which was Wilhelmshaven in Germany, it kind of like picked up a bit. Uh, things are a bit different here now. It's I'm going to get into the details uh, in a bit, but yeah, as soon as we left, we had a bunch of things to do. We had we have something here called the wasted recovery system. What it does is basically it uh, uh, generates steam by using uh, the exhaust from the uh, main engines. And uh, that requires like an economizer kind of a setup and uh, costs a lot of money apparently, but uh, yeah, it saves a lot of uh, money in the long run as well. Uh, so yeah, I had to get that started. Now, additionally, there's also from that steam you generate. Uh, you can put it in a turbine, create more power. Then there's something called a power turbine, which is mounted on the same shaft. The power turbine is driven by the exhaust from the main engine, it's diverted from the the uptake or the exhaust gas boiler towards the power turbine to turn the same shaft, and then they're coupled together by a clutch and a reduction gear. Now this in in itself is really uh, amazing, and this is something which I have already experienced on my last ship but this ship in addition to all of that has a shaft generator as well now let's say your main engine has already uh turning and we're currently at the moment we're doing like 67 rpm so the shaft is already turning and now what they've done is they mounted a a shaft generator on the on that shaft as well and that has the potential to uh, draw some power from the shaft obviously it increases the load on the main engine but y- you can uh, generate power as well and this is the the interesting bit is with the same equipment you can also use it as a motor and uh, it's a seamless operation i was actually surprised when i saw it it's a seamless operation where you just the by the click of a button it changes from being a motor to being a generator and vice versa and uh, in, if in case of like a bad weather where the load on the main engine is really high you can turn it into a motor where it starts drawing power instead of supplying power and it uh, boosts the shaft and it reduces the load on the main engine and it gives you a lot of uh, fuel savings obviously you're drawing more from the uh, generators but you're supplying to the main engine shaft and it gives you an additional boost and if you're let's say you're driving your up up right up there at mcr the maximum continuous rating it adds another 3000 kilowatts times where well okay well there's one so that's basically so like i said our ship is a twin main engine so basically that adds about 6000 kilowatts total to the shaft so the main engine was rated at 29,000 kilowatts becomes 32,000 kilowatts at max MCR and the shaft uh, generators is running as motors. So yeah, additional power, and it's, it's amazing how well this works. And so while we were in the English Channel, we had the current on our side, so the load on the main engine was a bit less. So we changed it from uh, running from a motor to a generator and uh, started, uh, uh, you know, drawing... Uh, power from that shaft to a point where we basically we could turn off all the diesel generators. So at the moment, the entire power of the ship, which is about at the moment, the load with all these reefers, I think we have like eight, nine hundred reefers on board. Reefers are refrigerated containers, by the way, for our our uh, uh, non-sailor listeners. So the base load comes to about 26, 2700 kilowatts and all of that is coming from, let's say 2000 kilowatts is coming from the waste heat recovery plant. The other eight, nine hundred is coming from the shaft generators. So that's it. We have no diesel generators running at the moment. It's just not there. And it would make you think if they can, if they are that good at handling uh, load changes and whatnot. But, while the waste heat recovery system takes a while to adapt to load rapid load changes, I am told and I witnessed the uh, shaft generators respond really, really quickly and they can adapt and pick up the load. It's it's an amazing bit of technology. To be honest, I've not really read the manual to see what else is inside, but just it's just an innocuous little looking thing which is just mounted on the shaft and the shaft basically runs through it. And it's amazing, I'm guessing it's a series of coils and pickups and uh, poles here and there, but um, I really want to get into it, how how the seamless operation happens and uh, what exactly changes when you change the settings on the, on the cams monitor. Another feature of the same shaft generator is running it in something known as the RCC mode. I'm not sure what it stands for, I'll have to look it up. But we run it in the RCC mode when we're in port. What it does is it runs as a capacitive load and improves the power factor of the generators. I mean, amazing. And this this technology has been around for a while, but this is the first time I'm sailing on a ship with a shaft generator. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff. So, really, really amazing. And to, I mean, I remember the second day when we left Rotterdam and we we're on our way towards, uh, what is it, Gothenburg or something. And they switched off all the generators. We we're running about 67, 68 RPM. And... Uh, Yeah, we just switched off all the generators and all the power was coming from the steam, from the shaft generators and the waste heat recovery system, that's amazing. We used to just dream about this stuff, I mean we had the potential to do it but we were just never making enough steam or the power turbine was uh, not working, something or the other. We could never reach a stage where we had to, we could switch off all the uh, running diesel generators, it's frankly quite amazing. Now, moving on from that, uh, life did kind of pick up pace where it was, it was a very late kind of a departure where uh, the chief and the duty engineer, the third engineer here had to, uh, you know, uh, work basically the entire night, get the ship going and I took over at 8 o'clock and then both of them disappeared to their cabins to get some rest because that's just how it is. MLC tells you you need to have a certain amount of minimum hours of rest so to comply with that they were sent back up. And that was it. That was me then taking over from everybody. The fourth engineer had some work on the purifier, so I was just there handling uh, the plant by myself. Now it gets it gets a bit tricky because while you're speeding up, the uh, the load on the main engine always goes up, and they control the load here by the chief limiter. That's, that's this is a MAN B&W engines. You limit basically the fuel index of how how high it can go. That's how they're monitoring it. So I had to increase it. Uh, one by one while monitoring the load on the uh, on the main engine and adjusting the load so it doesn't go on a high run that much and you want to bring it down to you you bring it down by increasing uh the load on the uh, shaft motors so you run it run it as motors so you reduce the load on the main engine and while this is all going on you have to monitor the scrubber as well one of the sensors the same sensors was giving a bit of an erratic reading and, uh, yeah, I was jumping from the socks. PPM was jumping from, uh, 12 PPM to four PPM is all over the place. But after a while it did settle down. And so I'm handling the main engine. I'm handling the wasted recovery. I'm handling the shaft generator slash motors. And I'm handling the scrub scrubber as well. This was the first time where I was actually doing it myself. There's always somebody around prior to that, but this was the first time. And it was, I mean, I guess if you know what you're doing, you just, you can kind of figure it out. But yeah, It was obviously a bit nervy in the beginning, but eventually I got the hang of it. The scrubber is another technology that is fairly recent. In circulation, I guess now it's catching up because of the fuel change that came in the January 1st, 2020, because of those new sulfur regulations. The newer fuel, which is compliant fuel, is more expensive. It's, I guess, relatively cheaper to use scrubbers. But that does involve a lot of fuel changeovers from one grade to the other grade because a lot of these ports don't allow you to have open-loop scrubbers. Open-loop scrubbers are basically you wash your exhaust for the, with seawater because seawater tends to be slightly alkaline. I think the pH is about 8.4. Uh, you wash your exhaust and you basically run it through once and then you it goes straight overboard. But there's some problem with it, you can, it's slightly acidic now, from 8.4 pH, seawater becomes 4.8 with all the uh, particles from the exhaust in it. And of course there's sulfur in the fuel, so it forms um, H2SO4, so it's slightly acidic as well. But that's not allowed, a lot of ships, a lot of ports don't allow the waste water, wash water from the scrubbers, an open loop scrubber system to go over the side. The other, the workaround is you either have compliant fuel, or you have a closed loop scrubber where you can just uh, add chemicals to it and it runs in the system but then again you need really big tanks, you need a lot of chemical dosing it's extra work basically and I guess it costs a little more money uh, as an investment but yeah, so we're on our way down towards uh, Spain at the moment we have the scrubbers on, we're back to the 2.5% sulfur fuel, the HFO but when we reach the, uh, the port limits or the seca area markings, the limits of this port in Spain we have to change back to ultra low sulfur fuel oil and uh, switch off our scrubbers because they don't let us do it so at the moment we have three kinds of fuels on board uh, we have the heavy oil which is 2.5% sulfur we have the ultra low which is less than 05 I guess I'm not sure exactly and then we have the diesel which is less than 0.1% sulfur and uh, yeah we have to keep changing between these so, yeah, there you have it. It's, it's been an interesting week where we finished a lot of uh, the work which is planned for the ports, and now we're at sea, and now we have, it's the middle of the month, and I counted, we still have about 51 jobs left in our PMS, the planned maintenance system. Uh, we'll have to work a bit fast, and that's that's one of the things where if you, like on my last year, we used to hit West Africa from uh, Singapore and we used to have 3 weeks of non-stop sailing so anything that's pending you could have finished it at any time because that's just the kind of time you get but here you leave a port and the next 5 days you have another port, another port, and another port I think the longest sail we have now is between Suez and Singapore that's about 10 days, That's that's pretty much it but that's also towards the end of the month so I don't want to leave all these jobs till then I want to probably finish as much as we can while we're at sea Additionally, we have also planned, uh, so we're going to hit Spain, then we're going to hit Morocco, and then we're on our way towards Suez, across across the Mediterranean. There is another big uh, overhaul which is coming up, which is the uh, replacement of the cylinder heads of the diesel generators, one of them. Apparently, it was a design flaw, and we have had cases of cooling water leaking from the cylinder heads into the units and basically smashing everything. So these cylinder heads were landed one by one, they were reconditioned in the workshop ashore and now they are being sent back to the ships where they have to be reinstalled. Basically, it takes one day to finish one cylinder head and we have a nine cylinder diesel generator. So it's looking at nine days basically. I'm assuming the first one's going to take some time because that's where you figure out the kinks of how it works and what can go wrong and once the crew are familiar with how to do it, uh, it's going to pick up speed that's just how it is but that's in the future for this uh, coming week we have two ports lined up towards the end saturday here so it's we finished work at three o'clock i took a little bit of a nap Uh, and saturday dinner is a steak night so there was steak there was coleslaw there was uh, french fries ice cream saturday dinners are quite proper and of course sunday lunches where they make biryani that's uh, like a frame of reference now in terms of time uh so you don't ask how many weeks you've been on board you basically ask how many biryanis you've had on board so yeah that's that's basically a unit of time now on board so yeah there you have it that was week number three really interesting stuff um really getting into the flow of things now things are getting interesting and uh yeah me i'm pretty much slotting into the role that i'm uh, designed to do it's not just about manage it's not just about maintenance now it's come down to the management side of things as well we i have to delegate dog delegate tasks and plan ahead and uh, prioritize different things while keeping the bosses happy that's just how it works that's the nature of the job so yeah and of course it was uh weekend football so united have lost 4-2 to leicester so yeah not a good day in terms of football apart from that it was fine We are uh, slowly inching our way towards warmer climates. I have turned off the heaters in my cabin. Uh, The shorts are out, so that's always good. But yeah, you know, guys, uh, listeners of the podcast know how much I like my warm weather. I'm a tropical person. I like, I like, uh, like it when it's warm outside. But yeah, the weather should improve in a few days. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in. And I will keep you posted with more developments for next week. Look for the episode on next saturday that's just the way it's been going so thank you so much and uh, do let me know if there's something you want me to talk about something you want me to specify i reckon this episode got a bit technical uh because i just wanted to talk about this stuff because it's so fascinating to me at the moment and uh, if there's something you want me to talk about some other things that you want me to specify something that you're curious about if you have some questions do do reach out those who know me personally can text me or reach me, reach me on uh, Instagram and everybody else. We have a website now. It's called the 2 wordpress.com. Do reach, do reach out, leave a comment, tell us if you like what you're hearing and if uh, there's something else you want us to talk about. Till then, stay tuned and look out for more. Alrighty, bye.